Welcome to the Winning Move Podcast. I'm your host, Stratton Brown. I interview successful entrepreneurs from around the world to see what moves they've made in their lives to get successful and more importantly, stay successful. I'm here to make sure you can create a better life for you and your family. Let's tune in. Hey guys, welcome to the Winning Move Podcast. We have an awesome guest today. Mark Evans, DM, deal maker, dream maker, the best businessman I personally know. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Definitely, man. Thanks for having me, Stratton. Of course. I'm really just excited to get into how you think because what I think you offer everyone is like you think completely different than anyone I've ever met. Uh, oh, but yeah. At least solutions <laughs> for things. And then we talked about like the event thing to where no one else has done stuff like that. But let's start off how you got into business and let's talk about from 18 to 30, what you were really doing. 18 to 30? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah. So, you know, I started in business June 21st, 1996. Um, So I'll be 25 years in the game of business in general. Um, Not always in business saying I owned a business, but I really didn't have a business. I just had a high paying job. Um, But man, from 18, you know, I bought a uh, owner finance, a seamless gutter company from the seller. Uh, Larry, I bought that. I was doing work, found out how to do real estate. People I do it. I'm like, this guy's pulling up in a Porsche, smoking cigars all day, paying me. I'm like, what do you do? He's like, I'm a real estate investor. I'm like, that's what I want to do. Did we lose you, Mark? You there? There you go. Yep, I'm here. There you go. So, yeah, but, uh, you know, just... Invested in myself, man. Just uh, literally, I was robbing from Paul to pay Peter to keep learning and educating and um, just betting on myself every day with dollars, not just conversations. So I've met a lot of people on the journey and uh, fast forward to 30 years old. Um, now I'll be 43 this year, but um, 18 to 30, man, blood. <laughs> you know, actually 18 to 27, to be honest, that's that's where I had the real big changes uh, in 2008, uh, excuse me, 2005, October 8, 2005. That's when my mother, grandmother passed away. So it was like a big deal for me, a big wake up moment to like, I got to build something properly. I was just working and like I said, just making decent money um, back then. Now it's like nothing but compared to where we're at today. But, you know, just getting around the right people and investing in masterminds and in my, more importantly, just investing in myself, whatever that looks like. Um, so how many companies did you have running at 27 when we talked about your cash flow number? And you said like you diversified into a couple things. What made you what even this? Like, what what age are you talking? Like what twenty seven? When you had that, I was, just real estate. I was just doing real estate at twenty seven. That's okay. all I was doing. You know, and then I I, I became financially free at twenty seven, right? So, but uh, but again, financially free is a very relative thing. It's I had enough cash flow to support my lifestyle at that time. Um, I I didn't have multiple houses across the country. I didn't have. I wasn't flying private. You know, like you know what I mean. So it's a different game now didn't have kids. And so, you know, real estate's awesome to do that. You can, I mean, again, to create financial freedom is not hard. Uh, most people don't even know what the hell their financial freedom number is, let alone even trying to create it. Um, I talk to people every day. I'm like, Hey man, what, what's your financial number? Um, um, 10,000. Like that's not even a real number. It's first of all, it's plucked from air. And you know, what we need to do is we need to get, we got, we got to get real with ourselves to know where we're going. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, man, that's kind of what I see is like most people don't know their numbers, but know your number, find a path to get it and go do it. And then once you get that number, I mean, really, 
you have life by the balls at that point, man. It's time to grow at, the, at a whole nother level. Right. I mean, so you say once you hit that number and I was at a mastermind with a bunch of life and air people and I didn't like, you know, life and air, right? Like that mastermind mm -hmm. where there's build it to that. I didn't like how I felt like once they got it, they stopped growing. What's well, your philosophy on that? I don't know. Again, I, I'm, I don't, I just take care of myself. I don't know what other people are saying or doing or not doing or what they're thinking. Um, what I, for me, it actually gets me more excited because um, I am, I'm moving and I'm growing and like, shit, if I can get financially free by here, what else could I do? You know, financially freedom is not a destination. It's just a, a moment in the, in the journey. So it's going to be a checkpoint. Boom. Okay. Now new, new goals, new drive, new destinations, and then just keep plugging away. How do I build this? What it did for me is it allowed me to focus on what I wanted. It's just as much as what I did not want. Like, for example, you, you know, man, I get I get asked every day to speak, come and speak on stages. I don't do it. I don't I don't travel well. I got to take my I want to take my wife and kids with me because I'll be hanging out the bar too late. I'll be drinking too many drinks when, then when I shouldn't be. And I want to you know, it's not how I function. So and it's just not fun for me, um, even though it's awesome to make the impact on people. But I just made rules like, hey, if I'm going to make an impact on people, either they come to me or I do virtual. I was on virtual before it was a thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? I wrote a book about this. When I walked across Spain in 2013, you know, uh, so I was writing about I was doing virtual deals since 05, like virtually um, and virtual. Now, what it really means is business building. You can run a real business if you have a structure. It doesn't matter if it's real estate, you know, your call magicians or this or that. Like it's an infrastructure and um, it's a very powerful thing once you get it. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you got and you were doing virtual and I like how you your companies now are virtual and how you, your big core values care 360. How else have you built that culture with your people? And I talked to you about this at the beginning, but I think other people would at least like to know who are trying to build virtual companies. Don't ever want to meet their employees. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, you know, there's a lot of people that work with me. I've never met. Um, and they've been on the team for years. <laughs> some of them, um, I meet them like this though. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, you know, I think it's, you got to figure out where your core strength is as a leader. Um, I've actually hired really great leaders and helped them become better leaders behind the scenes. So they lead the company. I don't need to be the leader of the company. I need to be the leader of the leaders. You know what I mean? So there's different people. Are you trying to lead the company? You're trying to lead the leaders. Um, and they kind of go hand in hand, right? If, you, if I'm leading the leaders, high level conversations are growing them. They love to be in the trenches. They love having those conversations. They love having manager meetings or whatever they do. And that's just not where I shine. That's not my thing. I spend an hour and a half a week. That's it on my companies, like on calls. Other than that, man, I'm, I'm doing work. You know, I'm, I'm building, I'm strategizing, I'm organizing, I'm structuring, I'm purchasing, I'm selling. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of moving parts that, you know, not everyone should be doing every piece. Um, but on the virtual thing, Care360, one, a lot of people talk about it. Most people, just, that's about all they're doing is talking about it. I actually lead by example. Um, I'm always giving at many different levels. Um, and I talked about this yesterday with some buddies at lunch, but like, you know, the giving muscle is one of the biggest muscles in the world that most people don't ever tap into. Uh, we believe in tithing, right? If you believe in tithing, why don't you give all your money away? Right. But then all of a sudden you're like, well, I don't believe in tithing that much. <laughs> you know, they're like, oh my gosh, that's a little crazy, but it's a muscle. Recently, one guy in the DM fam that a tragic incident happened. Um, <clears throat> they had a tragic accident happened. A little child passed away and he's like, Hey man, we want, can we donate, you know, raise 25 grand or whatever. 
And instantly, there's always a number. When you guys see someone on a GoFundMe or you're at church or wherever you're at trying to give, there's always an initial number that pops in your head that where you want to give. And then there's usually a settlement number that you actually do give. And it's that's the muscle, right? It's like going in the gym, you want to push up 300 pounds, but you're going to just settle for 185 and just do 10 reps. But what happens is you're being tapped on the shoulder with that number for a reason. They're, the universe is testing you and saying, hey, Stratton, let's see what you got today. Thousand bucks. And you're like, oh, my gosh. And then you end up giving 100. Not you necessarily, but just like an example. So if, if a number pops in your head, that's the number you stick with. If you believe in abundance, if you believe in tithing, and you believe in giving, why would you not give that number? And the universe is testing us all the time, you know. Even at lunch, man, you know, I'm, I'm always, well, even at all meals, I give a $100 tip. I always have, I've had for a long time. I don't care if it's $2 bill, like a $2 um, bill, or if it's going to be a $300 bill, like I'm giving at least $100, you know. I want to make an impact. I've already set it. It's like I've set my habits up, you know, to grow my muscle. <laughs> when did you start realizing how important giving was? Like I've always known yeah, I've always known giving's important, man. When we were kids, we actually had a house fire. My parents lost the house. We didn't have that much insurance. So we were living in a little camper out back, a little 13-foot camper with three kids and my parents. And, um, you know, we had a great family help us out. We stayed with my aunt and uncle for a minute as well. But, you know, the community came together and, and gave, you know, gave some money and gave effort. And, you know, so giving has always been something my parents have always instilled into me, just giving, um, you know, and so – Money just enhances that, right? I just want to give more. The more money I get, more money I want to give. Um, and you are, secondly, you're the most thoughtful person I know in business as far as little things. Mm -hmm. Where did that come from? How did you learn how to do it? And when when did that start clicking for you? Yeah, no, I appreciate that. It's um, it's something interesting. It's uh, well, first of all, <laughs> actually, it's kind of funny. Just coming in the office, I had this in between my computer, right? So. My wife says, babe, and sends me a nice little note or whatever. It's not, it doesn't have to be a dollar value on top of it. Like I, I, I enjoy sending gifts. We spend thousands of dollars a month on gifts um, of all types. Um, but I, giving, you know, I, you cannot outgive the world. Um, what it does is it get, allows me to focus on the good things in life, the good things in people. Very grateful for where I'm at and where I'm going. And what we have, you know, I don't need more stuff. I just need more. I want better friendships, deeper relationships, longer, you know, like, like to me, if you, I've never had someone say, dude, quit sending me cool gifts. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is not good. Um, but it's a, it's a great hack. Um, it, it reminds me of one of my mentors back in 2000 ish. Um, he was, he had a radio show back then and he always loved like peach snapple and orange Tic Tacs. Um, and I'd listen to a show, get all excited. And I'd literally, this is again, this is before Amazon was drop shipping and all that. I was calling, I was going to the store, buying huge boxes of uh, Snapple and Tic Tacs and sending them to his office. And I would do that for a couple months. And the final day is like, dude, who are you? <laughs> you know, so it's just a great way to one, we say a lot of stuff. Most people only half ask, listen. But if you're really listening to people, you can kind of really know what makes them tick. Um, sending cool little thoughtful things, gifts, cigars. Someone just sent me, you know, I, I get stuff all the time, but like cigars in the mail, like, yo, man, you should try these from Nicaragua. I think you'll love them. Just like a gift with a nice note, you know? So I, there's so much opportunity to do that. And I do that with my team. I do it with people. I, I it's just, you got to give, man. I think giving is the, it's one of the best things in the world to do, man. Make someone smile and happy. Without a doubt. And so where, who are your mentors now, man? I, I think about this, like who's teaching you 
all to lead these companies towards the size to I I'm not even close to being there yet. How are you finding them? Who are you going to if you can share that? Like mentors and stuff like that? Yeah, mentors and stuff. Yeah, no, man. Listen, I've read over 5,000 books, you know, so I've, I got books here stacked up. I still got to read. You know, I, I've went, I, I'm in the trenches, man. You know, a lot of people say mentors. You know, my team mentors me. You know, I have great leaders. I have great people on the team sharing. I have great partners of people I partner with. And they're like, hey, this is what we're doing. So I'm mentoring by doing. Um, you know, I, you know, I, I fell a lot. You know, I think that's a big misconception is like a lot, everyone I know that's succeeding is failing more than most people every day. Um, it's just we don't see it as failure. We see it as education and learning and don't do that again. You know, it's kind of like touching the stove. Ouch, that's hot. OK, I should probably not do that again, even though we still do it a couple times more. But at the end of the day for business for me, man, I've hired some of the best coaches. I have relationship coaches. I, I, I invest in myself, man, every single day, either through reading Converse, you know, through audio books, through books. I mean, shit, anything you want to learn is online. <laughs> I mean, it is. Mo it, we live in the best time of, in the world to be alive for getting information. Problem is most people are consuming the wrong information. They're consuming what I'm driving today. They're consuming what this celebrity sleeping with this celebrity. You know what I mean? So it's the wrong consumption. Um, I, I use social as, you know, not a consumption tool, but a, but a, an actual tool to get out there. It's a marketing tool. Uh, we'll talk about that later if you want, but like it really is. Uh, there's so many mentors out there. I have a lot of great people in my life, man. But like, you know, another cool thing about mentors is I, I see where a lot of people go wrong. They go to the same type of mentors, meaning if you're a real estate investor, because I, I, I've done real estate for 24, almost 25 years now. But if you're if you're going to real estate only people, you typically pigeonhole yourself in these environments. They're just going to teach you a new best way strategy to do a deal. I don't need to know how to do a deal. I know how to do deals. Um, I need to build a business to do more deals. You know what I mean? So I started venturing out and going to business owners and going to guys. And I used to run ads in the Columbus Dispatch said, hey, local business owner wants to meet other successful business owners. I'll pay for lunch. And I'd have like older guys reach out to me. I'd meet them at Bob Evans and I'd talk to them. I was 18, 19, 22 years old back then, right? So just meeting people and like, that, you know, one guy sold a company for $43 million. Another guy had a $15 million company and he's like, man, I wish my grandson didn't have purple hair and was doing what you're doing. You know what I mean? So, you know, there's mentors everywhere. I'm learning all the time, dude. There, there's so many opportunities to be learning if you're looking for them, you know? And you talk about being pigeonholed. And I was when I was talking to you and like, I remember going to a mastermind, talking to a dude who was 50 mm -hmm. and he had the same problems that I had now and he'd been doing it longer. I hate that. <laughs> right. Do you want to explain that to people to where you somewhat like, OK, I need to build something that is a lot more repeatable and the trap all the wholesalers get into or investors? Well, pretty much this happens in all businesses. But, you know, real estate, we could talk to because we're in it. But. You know, I, like you said, I would go to these real estate events and I'm, I'm two years in the game and I'm talking to some guy 20 years deep in the game and he has the same exact problems as me. And I'm like, oh, my, like it just didn't make sense to me. I'm like, I don't want to wake up 20 years later with the same shitty problems I have today. I need new problems. I'm always looking for new problems, real problems. Not like, why is my direct mail not working? Why is this seller not calling me back? Oh, man, this title fell through. Like, I need real problems like, hey. We, we, you know, we need to fund $72 million in assets this month and we're, or we're in trouble. Like those are good problems because that means you got to stretch, you got to grow. Um, I wanted to build something big enough where I had an organization, a team of people driving it, not me driving it. Because most investors, 
And I say investors very loosely, by the way. Most uh, people doing wholesaling <coughs> or real estate, you know, literally, you're you're like the the problem is you're riding an emotional financial roller coaster like crazy. Um, I've been there, done that. It's not fun. I was just talking with a buddy. They just lost two hundred grand um, on the books that didn't couldn't get through title. It was our whole month. They had a goose egg, and they've been in the game a long time. And they're like, dude, this has never happened. Um, it's not fun when you're shelling out 35, 40 grand a month either on ads to, to make yeah. that happen, you know? So, so now you're, you're spending more money, you're making zero money and you're like, what is going on? See in real business, you know, not to say there won't be ups and downs, but there's a lot more predictability in other companies that I've seen that I own. Um, very, not all money's created equal, not all investments are created equal, not all this stuff's created equal. So real estate investors, the bear of entry is zero or negative. I would say it's, it is literally the playground for the dumb. Everyone's dumb in it. It seems like, you know, I, I'm, I'm talking to myself. I've never barely graduated high school with a 1.8. I did not go to college. There was no thought in that. It's the equalizer of dummies though. Like anybody can get involved. That's what's beautiful about real estate. But then there's like, a, once you get bigger, there's things that are definitely start changing. The dynamics start drastically changing. So um, but yeah, man, I think at the end of the day, just people pigeonhole themselves and just do the same shit, expecting different results, even though they're making money. The, the catch is this. You can make a decent amount of money doing it, you know, 50, 60, 80, 100 grand a month, give or take some more, some less. But it's not hard to make a million dollars a year if you have a, good, a, a semi decent work ethic and in a good product category, such as single families or whatever, depending what market you're in. And um We'll take it back to leading leaders and having people, a business that can afford to pay good people to where I feel like at least in real estate, it's really hard to get there to where there's a cap. Biggest thing you said, though, in that sentence is they're not a business. It, businesses have money. <laughs> businesses have money to pay great people. They have money to pay people. So the problem is real estate. You make 50 grand this month. You spent 51 to make it. And or you're playing catch up from the two months prior of bad months, right? So you're playing this game. So when do you get out of that hole or cycle? Well, you got to really start building out the proper fundamentals of business building 101. You can't be taking money from your account, sucking it dry every month because you need money or you need a car. You need a break in the vacation. Truth is, too many people are taking too many damn vacations. Too many people are hanging out all the time. I didn't hang out for a long, long time, dude. I, I, I mean, I don't even I, I don't even think I was ever in a plane for like. 10 years, you know, I was working, I was putting shit together. I, was, I had to, I had to do stuff. So at the end of the day, man, I think, you know, you have to like start cutting, carving out money, you know, a thousand bucks a month, park it in a different account. This is going to be my hiring account. I'm going to hire great people through this account. Um, and then you get 10 grand in there. Now you have 40 grand in there or whatever, like depending on your scale. And then all of a sudden it gives you a little bit more confidence to start seeking out quality players. And so how can people, start venturing into business, other businesses, and what are you seeing is stopping other people from getting there? Because I remember we talked about like me, Loki, having an identity crisis of somewhat yeah. venturing outside of real estate. Well, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, so when I'm doing, like I've mentored a lot of people and they're always like, yeah, man, I'm a real estate investor. I'm like, dude, you're so much more than a real estate investor. You're a dad, you're a brother, you're a son, you're a husband, you're a great guy. You got a lot of shit going on in your life. You got a family, man. Like you're so much more than an investor. And you're not even an investor. Let's be honest. You're not investing if you're doing putting no money into the deal and, and selling and making 10 grand on a wholesale deal. You're simply just doing transactions. The problem in real estate is too transactional. 
I don't like it. It's very transactional. I'm very relationship driven. So like, that's why I've always like tried to figure out, put relationships inside the transactions. That's i.e. the gift giving, you know, going above and beyond, you know, a lot of cool stuff like that. But yeah, man, I think at the end of the day, you got to stop saying that's all you are. You're so much more use real estate. I always tell everyone use real estate as a stepping stuff. I could go back 20 years, which I can't, but if I could, I'd go back 20 years and I would literally get the real estate business up to 50 to hundred grand a month and then figure out the next step. Okay, I'm here 50, 100 grand a month doing this, a lot of activity, but I got time to go build something way bigger. And I, that way bigger thing and that other thing is, I don't know what it is, it's different for all of us, but I love technology stuff now. I, I, I'm not very technical, but I do have people on my team that are. Um, I love um, business, like understanding like scalability. I love one-to-many aspect environments, uh, yeah. platforms, um, you know, marketing stuff, uh, you know, like things that are residual, you know what I mean? So. Cause if you come to me Stratton, you know, I, it's just like buying shampoo, right? You're going to buy it every month or every two months. I love products like that. I don't have products like that, but I love, you could do that in business and marketing. I understand real estate, I understand marketing. We have a, a skip company, right? So that company skips, guess what? You skip this month, you skip $2,000. Guess what you gotta do next month? Guess what you do month after. If you're in a real business, we want to scale with you because everyone wins um, if you're doing it properly. So um, I, I love kind of, I love those types of businesses. So there's all types. I mean, dude, I've had a lot of failures in businesses too, right? So I've had seamless gutter company, garage door company, siding window company, um, uh, storage facility company. I mean, it's, it's endless. I've, I've done so many things and uh, data companies, uh, Facebook, I had a company called Virtual Deal Factory. That was a company kind of like Facebook for investors. That was a flop. I spent five, 800, no, like 800, 900 grand on that. And it's dead, zero, you know. What is your That's biggest? Where Peter. That's where I met Peter, though. Is it really? That's, That's cool. how I met Peter. He's still with me today. So, again, there's always good in it. You know, so many people out here, Strat, they all start, say they want to win the game and all that. Problem is, they're not trying to win. They're trying not to lose. You know, there's a lot of people playing the wrong game. They're playing not to lose. It's way different cadence if you're going out there not to lose as opposed to win the fucking game. <laughs> you yeah. know, I'm in the game to win it. Uh, my game. I don't care about your game. I don't care about my game. I know what my goals are. I know what my team's goals are. I know what my family goals are. Like, that's the game I'm playing. And that's the book I wrote called Me Economy, right? All about this. The Me Economy. It's all about me. Sounds selfish. You know why? Because it is. If you don't like it. Too bad, <laughs> right? No president's going to save your ass. No, no college going to save you. Nothing's going to save you except you. And uh, once you take full responsibility, Strat, for all this stuff, you're. This is why it's easy to learn because I'm dumb. I, I know I'm not smart. I know I'm always learning. And at the end of the day, it's like I can't wait to wake up and screw it up again. But I'm going to keep winning because this is when most people quit. Every time they hit resistance, they stop, and then they blame for others. And it's poor me, poor me, poor me. You know. Oh, yeah. What is your biggest failure, man? A failure slash lesson in business to where it sticks with you and you still remember that shit and it makes you mad. I don't have any like that, honestly. Um, it wouldn't even be a failure. Biggest lesson is I wrote about it in a magician versus mule with Vanessa. Um, I had this lady at work for me and I was I was muling her out. I was treating her like a jerk. I didn't have any point of reference. I, I, was, I never learned how to lead people. You know what I mean? I was just in the trenches with them and, you know, mule, work harder, pay less, work harder, pay less. That's how I, that's just how it was for me. Um, so a big lesson for me, this is in 06 or 07. Um, I just felt weird one day and I knew something was up. I didn't even know what it was. And then she re resigned. Um, and I hate that because she was an amazing person. 
I wish she was still rolling with me today because I, I could she was I could only imagine where we'd be in companies with her. Um, I look at people as great investments. I'm not looking at them like, oh, you know, I'm looking for people who want careers, not jobs. You know, it's mm -hmm. a way different, way different thought. And you know, we overpay everyone. Um, you know, we want we want people to be around. I want to see people succeed around me now. Um, so back then, that was that was a big deal for me. That was a big pivot moment of treating people better, starting to learn how to lead people, how to drive people properly, um, how to grow people. Um, and that, that was I wouldn't call it a failure. I just a lesson, you know. Okay. <clears throat> so you got those lessons and then you got Peter. Let's talk about how you've kept Peter for so long. Like you say you overpay him, but one thing we run into in real estate, right? To where it's happened to a lot of people is their main dude leaves. Mm -hmm. Right. And then you have to start over again or the whole thing falls apart. Yeah. There's a lot of things to that though. I mean, I, one real estate, it's an entrepreneurial environment out of the gate. You know what I mean? So Picture this, you're sitting there working for someone and they you're you're doing all the work and they're collecting the check, right? The big check. Um, if you're not paying them correctly, you're definitely they're going to leave. It's it's the nature of the beast. Uh, with Peter's a little different though. He, he you know, he's never really in he was not doing the business. He was actually running the business, right? So we actually I had a team with him. We mm -hmm. have assistants, we have acquisitions, we have dispositions, we have, I'm raising money, he's raising money. Like there was so much going on. It wasn't just like a little mom and pop make, let's go do two deals this month. We're going to crush it and make 12 grand. You know, it wasn't like that. It was more like uh, Peter and I were very communicative. Like we talked all the time, you know, I'm like, I, he worked with me side by side for four years before he ever did real estate with me. You know, he was a tech okay. guy, he was a CTO for virtual deal factory. So he just came to me one day, I sold 200 and something properties in a day via a webinar and he sent me a message. He's like, yo, man, I think I could help you very easily in like two days and solve all your problems because we sold so many. It was just like insane. We just didn't know how to get the title work and fill out forms. So he knew how to like do all that stuff online. And uh, that's when he started coming into the real estate company. That was about 08. So it was kind of cool to see that. And then he just started transitioning. And again, dude, I've invested millions of dollars in that guy. Millions with teams and office. I dude. We have offices. I'm paying 12 grand a month for him to have an amazing office. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And different things like that. So like I'm, I'm uplifting him and pushing him. Now we don't need an office anymore. But like when he wanted the office with all the staff and, you know, you know, you just got to also remember in business, not everyone has the muscle uh, when shit's hitting the fan to go harder. You know, I, I'm built like that. I, I can go. I, I'm going to zero. I, like I'm all in, you know, so some people just can't do that hit. Like, so you have to isolate these environments. Peter was really good at running day to days. Actually, then he got Petered out of it eventually. He's like, dude, I just don't want to do it anymore. So we're talking. I'm listening. Um, I'm like, hey, give me 90 days. Let's find someone else and we'll transition you out and then we'll go build something else. You know what I mean? So I think a lot of times people, they just pigeonhole themselves. You know, most people in all my companies are moving around all the time. You know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> you can come in my company and be a deployer in the media company. And, you know, 10 months later, you might be running the shit. Who knows? So how are you getting Peter to relay the vision that you have to the rest of the teams? Right. Because your whole thing is like I, you don't want to be involved. You want Peter to handle all of that. Yeah. Well, Peter's only running one company. So Peter, Peter's easy. He knows the vision. The vision's been ingrained in him with him, him and I because he's been with me so long. You know what I mean? So he knows the vision. He actually shares the vision. He makes the vision bigger for me. Um, because he knows different stuff about data than I do. Right. 
So he's like, hey, man, so I actually hired the data scientist. I hooked Peter and him up. I put them two together. I'm like, here's the goal. And Peter's like, well, we're going to do this. I'm like, oh, wow, that's even better. And then, you know, they, they just build out the formula and, and grow. Like Peter knows how to grow that shit. It's not, you know, I, I don't need to hold his hand on that. Like I said, he's a great, he's, he's a guy that knows how to do it. Great guy. So um, it's different on the other companies, right? Because you got you're constantly sharing vision of where we're at, where we're going, where we're at, where we're going. One of our companies took a 50% hit. Um, you know, over the last two months and it's not the end of the world. It's business. It's, you know, it's a very temporary thing. It's part of the game. We know it's going to come. We just don't know when it's coming and how big it's coming and how long. So, but what we do is, you know, you don't start there and just beat the shit out of people and start cussing and yelling. You got to get in there and you got to nurture, you got to conversate. You got to talk about the positives, not all the negatives because there's a lot of the negative, right? So everyone's getting scared. You got to talk to the team about it's okay to lose. We're not losing right now. We're learning. We're getting stronger. We're going to be, we're going to come out on the other side of this next week, next month at a whole nother level. I hope you're ready. Are you like, you got to get them off. Like, dude, who wants to show up? You played sports. Who wants to show up every day and just beat your head up and not have a game to play? <laughs> you know, yeah. it's not fun to show up to do that. But if you have the game time, it's game time in two weeks, two months. Here's where we're at. We're making progress. We're getting closer. Let's go. We're a team. I like, dude, it's, you know, little stuff like that. And I do that call every Wednesday, 1030 to noon. Um, and uh, Kathy and Colleen are their names that run that company. And I, I just shot them a quick text together. I'm like, hey, man, I just appreciate you guys. You know, I couldn't imagine doing this with any other team, but you guys, you guys are the best. Thanks to you. Not thanks to me, by the way. They own the day to day. You know, so sometimes people, the the owner, if you will, will take all the credit. You know, I, I work for them. They don't work for me, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm there to listen. I'm there to guide them. I'm there to push and prod and grow. And, you know, that's, I, I, I got to have the tough conversations though, unfortunately sometimes. Right. So, but that's part of the game of being an owner, you know, without a doubt. I want to take it back to, you talked about you're always 100%. And I was like, so how did you regain your momentum when your car was getting repoed? What did that feel like? And like, how did you come out of that even stronger? Yeah. Well, some people just don't bounce back from losses. Well, that yeah, sucks for them. You know, that's ultimate losing to me, by the way. If you don't bounce back from a loss, you're like, it's the ultimate. I, I don't even know. My, I don't even think about that stuff. So first of all, you get what you tolerate. You know what I mean? And I was embarrassed. I was taught. Clearly, I tolerated too much to get to that point. Um, I had, the, you know, terrible tenants not paying me. That's my fault, not their fault, because I allowed them in the property. I had terrible systems. Actually, I had no systems back then. It was just go, hey, it's first month, go collect rent. Um, I, I didn't have an organization. It was just like a, a machine. It was just, I was a machine. I was working 16 hours a day. I loved it. And then tenants quit paying. And then there was a cash flow, ca crash flow crunch. So, you know, I told myself first and foremost, fix the biggest problem. Don't be, don't just have one stream of cash flow. <laughs> That's step one noted. We have a bunch of bunch of streams now. So many, I don't even know how many now, but you got one stream of income, that thing gets cut off or cut in half. You're in big trouble um, or a quarter. You know, this is the problem I see every day in real estate in general. Um, most people like just have one stream, like you got to have seven, 10, 20 streams, like the more the merrier. If anybody tells you to stop growing streams of income, tell them, show me your bank account, show me how many streams you got. They ain't got any, <laughs> they, ain't got to, they probably don't have a bank account. But at the end of the day for, for me, man, it's like, I, I just saw it as like, a, man, this will never happen again. I, I went straight to gratitude, to be honest. I'm alive. I can breathe. I, I can walk. I can think. I, I know this was wrong. By the way, I knew it was getting repo was wrong. I didn't think it was like acceptable. I didn't think it was someone else's fault. You know what I mean? Again, I've always been a guy to take responsibility for the good and the bad. Most of everyone's like, dude, I did that when it's good. And then she had fan of the, dude, the government did that to me. I didn't do that. The government did it. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? 
So at the end of the day, man, it's just, I, I was very grateful. Um, I was literally in that one bedroom efficiency apartment, reading books with a candle, um, freezing cold outside this Columbus, Ohio back then. And these are books from the library. You didn't have to pay for them. You just go down the library and go through the card deck and pull out a card, go to the aisle, whatever. Uh, most of you guys will never even know what that is because you don't need it anymore. Right. But that's what I did, man. I just sit in there. And I was like, I'm not, this will never, ever, ever. I got pissed. It will never happen to me again. I was embarrassed. Clearly. Um, I don't even think most people in my whole life probably, I just started talking about that. My car getting repoed two or three years ago. No one even knew that. I don't think anybody really? knew. Yeah. Because again, I, the neighbor is outside. I was like, Oh yeah, I'm getting some new rims on the truck. <laughs> you know, like I'm making up a story. I'm lying. And, uh, to protect my ego, by the way. And, uh, it was getting repo and sure enough, they pulled it off and I never saw the truck again. How do you combat your ego now? I like, as you get bigger and bigger, it's hard to combat that when I'm doing this. I, these are my employees, blah, 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 where that ego gets really strong. How do you combat your, how do you combat your ego? I don't know. You know, I don't even think about it, honestly. Like one, I'm a peon compared to where I'm going, man, I've done nothing. You know what I mean? Straight up. I've done absolutely nothing. Truth is, if you're genuinely wanting to get bigger and you're getting bigger, you realize you don't know shit. You know, here's what I know. I don't know anything. That's the truth. I don't know anything at all because um, there's levels on levels on levels. Now, don't get me wrong. The longer I'm in the game, the more opportunities I'm going to be able to keep. I just keep my feet moving, man. Just like football, right? You get hit. You got to keep your feet moving. If you're getting pushed back, keep your feet moving because you stop, you're done. So for me in business, I just get excited. Like 30 years in business, 28 years, 50 years. Like I can't wait until I'm like 80 years old and I have, I've been in the game for a long time. And I'm like, dude, I can only imagine what I can accomplish in the next 10, you know? So it's just, you got to get out there and really just like keep your head down. I, I, don't, I don't, again, I don't talk. I know I see some people like have artworks say self-made and all that. I'm like team-made, dude. I, I don't, I'm not self-made. I 100% agree. No, I'm a team-made guy. I don't, I, I really don't call my people employees. I call them teammates or, you know, there's partners or teammates or whatever. Like I'm not really big into like the boss. I'd rather be a leader. Um, I want to build leaders. True leaders build leaders. Like I, there's no way I'm obviously I have a presence. If I come into the room, people would know that I'm maybe the owner. But like I typically am not talking as much because I'm listening to the people in the day to days. My job is to interpretate the data, decipher exactly what they're saying and or direct to say I'm not trying to come up with the answer, by the way. I'm trying to listen and maybe direct like, hey, Strat, great question that you should hook up with this guy. Hey, uh, Colleen, awesome. Here's what I think we should do. Get with Patrick X, Y, Z. What's your thoughts? There? Like, again, it's just kind of directing the flow, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's no ego to it. I, you know, for me anyways, I don't think I have an ego on that side. Maybe I do. Maybe that's my ego saying I don't have an ego. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I'm not, I don't <laughs> like the whole self-made thing because like there's so many other people who go into your life as you're going through that journey who help you out on things, right? Like mm -hmm. that first mentor you had, or even your parents, or even whatever lessons they did give you that it's not all 100% self-made. Everybody, everybody's impacted my life. Like you can learn from every conversation, communication. Like, I don't care if you just walk by someone, you hold the door and they don't say thank you. You can learn from that because you're like, say thank you every time. And you know, just be, it's like, I'm learning like, wow, hold the door for 10 people and see how many people say thank you. Like, that's what I, this is the shit I do, dude. Like, I'm just paying attention to that stuff. You know, or, or paying attention to how cordial people are, how they treat the staff, how they treat other people, how they walk, how they communicate. Like there's it's never not a time to learn. There's always something to learn. And so 
how had how did having Mark change your life? Right, because were you still a workaholic when you had Mark? What what was that like? No, my wife might say I'm a workaholic now, but like, what is work, right? Um, no, dude, I, I think you get definitely you got to dial. You, I, one, I don't even know how I had time to do it back then. I had more time than ever. Now you have a kid, and you're like, what do, what do I do with all this time? Because like I'm hanging out with them all the time. So you definitely become a lot more efficient and effective. <clears throat> I think you start realizing what's important, what's not. Most people are just talking shit online instead of actually doing something productive. So for me, man, it's just, you know, time blocking. You know, I got my, my schedule in the morning. I get up real early, do my stuff before the kids and family even wake up. I'm already back home, had coffee, ready to roll. I'm working already, you know. So done the weights, done all that fun stuff. And then, you know, through the day, he's got school. Um, so it's just like, uh, you know, staging it out, man. Just, you know, just got to do what you got to do. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I'm not, I don't like, I'm not like the plotter, man. Honestly, I just go with the flow. You know, I, I kind of know a simple structure and I, I understand things are going to change and you just got to adapt. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So. What, so you don't even have a philosophy on work-life balance. Pretty much. That was my next question. Just adapt. Well, like if something needs attention. I don't know if it's philosophy or rea the reality is it's bullshit. It just makes people feel good saying I got a work-life balance. Okay, cool. So you're sitting at home, you're 400 pounds, but you're, you're not working and you're not working out because you got balance. <laughs> Something's off. Or if you got work-life balance and you can't pay your bills, there's a problem. Dude, this is the biggest thing, Strad. This is kind of a digress for a second. If you don't mind, like, you know, I, I do a lot of stuff. We sell a lot of stuff. I mean, hundreds of millions of dollars of products I've sold in real estate court, whatever, all this stuff over the years. And it's always amazes me that growing people, adults, don't have $40,000 in their bank account. Like, you understand, my kids have multiple accounts with $40,000. One's Mark's five and a half, three is two, multiple accounts. You know, and I just, I just don't want, the, the problem isn't the, they just aren't learning about money. You know what I mean? It's not, this is not a flex. It's just a reality. Like you're a growing adult. So what happens is you get older and you have, don't, you have less and less money. A lot of people, this is why they're, doubting themselves often. This is why they quit, so to speak, how it doesn't work. It's like, no, dude, the thing is, is I've been, I've read many, many, many books on money. You know what I mean? Like understanding how real money works and, you know, you make more, you don't go spend more, <laughs> you make more, you preserve more, you grow it. You got to park it in places and growing it. So it's just interesting. I bring that up because a lot of people, they're, they're not able to sell something high ticket. I get 200,000 a house because they don't have the money mindset. And if you get money mindset, what happens is you realize there's a lot of people, you guys realize there's a lot of people have millions of dollars in their accounts, bank accounts, lots, lots and lots and lots and lots of people. Um, you just have to have those conversations and you have, more importantly, start the conversation with yourself, but realize there's, there's an endless amount of money out there if you, uh, if you have a great product or service, you know? Well, and then you talk about the money glasses of the guy making the deal that was still a millionaire. Right. Like there's a guy out there in sex toys who's worth millions of dollars. Dude, there's a guy that make pool noodles, <laughs> you know, or, or, or swords. Like I like to use them with my kids, you know, weapons, but there, I mean, it's everywhere. I wrote a, I did a whole course on that right back in the day called money goggles. And the thing is literally, even in this bottle of water, how many millionaires or hundred millionaires or maybe potentially billionaires are in this, this one piece like, you know, you got the ink company, you got the company that makes the ink, you got the company that boxes the ink, you got the company that packages it, you got the company that ships it, you got the you got the machinery, you got the screws on the machinery. I mean, it's endless. Then you got the real estate that they rent to make the product, the water. I mean, it just, 
you can literally look at something and just pick it apart of the opportunities inside of one product. Um, but yeah, man, money goggles is very powerful. But back to the kid thing, dude, I think having kids is definitely a, a great blessing. Um, stressful as hell. They're terror sometimes. You're like, where am I going wrong? <laughs> but uh, it's the best, man. I, I, You know, again, it's what keeps me going. It's my, uh, like, I want to lead for him and my daughter, Drea. I want to be a great leader for them. Um, I think that another thing I see a lot, too, respect. I don't care if my kids like me. I want them to respect me. Obviously, I do care if they like me. I want them to love me. But respect, I see a lot of people out there say, telling their kids one thing, doing the other. So eventually, they're going to wake up and call bullshit on mom and dad if you continue to do that. Um, it's not do as I say, not as I do, right? It's really just I want to lead. I want my son to know every time I'm up at 4 o'clock in the morning, he knows dad's up to something. You know, he's going to be working out. Here's the schedule. Boom. Like it just inspired them through actions, not conversation, just not just talking it, but doing it, you know. When did you start thinking about <laughs> legacy, right? So you're Ohio State. Like you're what turned that on for me. I was like, oh, that is the coolest thing I ever thought about. Like this will be in our family for generations. And then the Thanksgiving thing to where you had that game. When did you start thinking legacy wise? Well, again, uh, when did I, I don't know. Uh, again, I don't have a defined date on it, but like it's always been important to me. I know we're not, we have a very small amount of time on planet earth, right? We're going to die eventually. It's the only way out. So it's always been, I, I'm kind of like weird about that stuff. I always have like, always like, you know, today could be the day. Today, my number could be up. It could be like calling Mark Evans. Here you come, you know, like whatever that looks like. So, I've always been thoughtful in that. I love experiences. You know, when I did the football thing, like you're saying in Ohio, like, you know, it costs three or five grand. I didn't even know what it costs, but three or five grand, let's say. And some people say, gosh, that's stupid. That's such a waste. Cool. I don't care what someone says. Even my wife and I, we had a conversation where she's like, really? Really? And, but it was awesome. It was amazing. I had a videographer there. I mean, we turned it into something really neat. And they're still talking about it. I just took them out on the yacht, you know, a couple of weeks ago, the family to hang out. And it's stupid expensive and it's so silly, but it's so amazing. Um, a lot of people say they're going to do all this cool stuff, but they, when, are, when are you going to do it? When do they, when do you step up and finally do it? And, uh, what I've realized, man, helping a lot of people over the years is just a lot of people talk shit and they don't do much, you know? So I want to be the doer. I want to be the opposite of everyone else. I'm, I'm so busy doing, I don't, I don't have time to talk about it. I'm just doing it, you know? Mm -hmm. So legacy is big, man. It's a, it's, it's what it's all about. If you could go back to like 19 year old Mark, what would you tell him? Oh, uh, 19 year old Mark, go bigger. <laughs> I mean, dude, like I was playing small. I thought it was big time because I was making, you know, decent amount of money, but like just go bigger. I wasn't doing anything. You know, when you go bigger, you got to get smarter. When you go bigger, you got to build a team. When you go bigger, you got to learn about financial, I, really to learn about financial like resources, understand financials at the next level, how to read a PL, how to read your balance sheet properly. Um, it's not about net worth. It's about cash on hand, cash flow. Cash flow is king, by the way. Cash is not king by far. Um, if any of you guys ever had a million dollars, you'd spend it for, but if you have, you know, 10 grand, 20 grand, 30 grand a month coming in like clockwork every month forever, that's a different story. You can build a life inside of that. So a lot of people, I didn't really, I didn't understand. That's why I almost went, I almost went bankrupt twice because I did not understand how to deal with money. I was making a decent amount of money, but I wasn't good at keeping it. I wasn't good at preserving it. I would make it, go to the club, make it, go to the club, make it, buy out the whole club, make, you know, I was just waste. I, I, my, I didn't know how to deal with it. So I just got rid of it. You know what I mean? I was always good at making it. I was just never really good at keeping it. And you'll see a, that's a very common real thing. If people are honest with themselves, 
A lot of people deal with that. So you got to start reading books like, you know, um, Magic of Thinking book, big, um, the power, uh, what is it, the uh, Happy Money. I mean, there's so many great books on money and understand, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I mean, there's so many books. And get that money out. Like the problem is too, I see a lot too many people have too much cash sitting around doing nothing. I'm, I'm parking in investments, man. I'm buying stuff all the time for investments, all the time. And well, you empty out your account, or for lack of better words, like you're going to get rid of it, and you know it's going to come back in. Yeah, I'm putting in environments where it's going to grow. You know what I mean? I'm not buying cars, and even though I have some of those, but like I'm not like that's not what wakes me up and gets me excited. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, dude, I'm playing the cash flow game. I'm trying to figure out how to buy more cash flow every day. Right. Yeah. Well, now you're thinking about buying companies. And who put you on that? Like who told you to start thinking that way? Well, I did it. Actually, that's what I did two days after I graduated high school. I bought a seamless gutter company. I read a great book back in the day, 101 Ways to Buy Real Estate Without Money by Wade Cook. This is a long time ago. My, that book might have been done in the early 90s. And I just read it like one it's an easy read. And it's very creative thought. And it's not, and it, just because it says 101 Ways to Buy Real Estate doesn't mean it's not you can't buy other things too like that, you know? So when I met Larry, I like the truck was just sitting there doing nothing. So the assets were the zero. It's doing nothing. The company is doing nothing. Right. And it's been around forever. It's been around for like 20 years. And uh, he got a car wreck, couldn't do climb ladders anymore because seamless gutters run, you know, run your fascia. So I met, I, I stopped by his house. Literally, I had, I, Cause I'm not going to school, man. I'm not going to college. I, I want to get out and make money. That's I always wanted to just get rich. That was the truth. I just wanted to make a lot of money. So I stopped by his house and said, Hey, my uncle, I had to create a story, right? Because who's going to listen to an 18-year-old kid? My uncle might be interested in buying your company. Is it for sale? Absolutely it is. So I want 50 grand. I'm like, dude, 50 grand is like, I've never, I would never even seen that amount of money in my life, right? So I went back the next day with the story like, hey, my uncle's not interested, but I'm interested, but I can't pay 50. And he's like, well, what can you pay? But what? And I ended up paying 25 grand for it and uh, $287 a month for five years or something like that. <clears throat> so... I, what I realized, and again, I didn't realize it until later, but literally I, I drive off in this 1978 E350 truck, big old bread truck, and the gutter machines in there, all the ladders, and I'm so excited. I get home, we transfer the phones, the number that's on the side of the truck and all that, and literally the phone's blowing up, did 15, 20, 30 calls a day. So you're buying 20 years of his life, 20 years of his experience, 20 years of his marketing, and one day I have all that. And that's not always good. Sometimes it's bad too. But like, the, you know, when you could wake up literally today and I can take a million dollars and buy something and tomorrow, the phones are blowing up. The, the, I already have a staff. You know, I bought ten, I got 10 employees with the company or whatever, or teammates. Like, dude, you know how hard it is to keep 10 people around? You know what I mean? So like you're buying that. You're buying time. You're buying like not only am I just buying money, I'm buying time. And uh, a lot of, if you guys do this in real estate, by the way, you're doing this in real estate. You see a house, you know there's a bigger value. You take it, you, you tie it up, and you sell it for a fee. You can do the same shit in business. It's the same thing. Motivated sellers are everywhere for businesses and houses and everything else in between, right? So you just got to educate yourself on what are business owners' problems? What are business owners' solutions? What are, you know, there's, I mean, just go online and like how to buy a business. I mean, there's merger acquisitions attorneys everywhere, you know? Without a doubt. Mm -hmm. uh, that's all I got for you, man. Thank you so much for coming on. What do you want to leave the people with and how can they find out more about you? Yeah, man. I appreciate it. Uh, ch check out uh, over on Instagram at 
Mark Evans DM. We got a lot of cool stuff going on over there. My guy Beacon's always posting uh, videos and content stuff I've created on podcast show. I have a podcast show called The Deal Make the um, the Making of a DM. And deal, like you said, deal maker or dream maker, depending on who you are, uh, what you're trying to do. But you know, man, just follow me over there. I got a new book coming out, Me Economy. I don't have a set date yet; I'm still working on it. But uh, we're getting close. That should be out. Magician versus Mule Beacon, which you know, I, I mean, uh, Strat. Yeah, Beacon could uh, po post that up and get you guys anything you guys need over there. But check it out. Um, it's on Instagram at Mark Evans DM. But dude, just honestly, man, just grow. Don't stop. Never quit. No matter how down on the dumps you are, know that life's not happening to you. It's happening for you. It's a test. All this time, dude, like in all seriousness, when shit hits the fan, which it will every day, it always does. Something's going to happen that I just start laughing. You can ask my wife. This isn't always good, by the way. We get in fights because I start laughing sometimes about st stuff when we're fighting. But I just start laughing because I'm programmed to think like, dude, this is going to be a great chapter in a book one day. And one of my books can be a great chapter. How I lost 572 grand. Boom, boom, boom. You know, like that's real life. That does happen in real life business. So you got to start losing more. I know it sounds counterproductive, but if you're losing more, that means you're winning more. You know, many of you guys like bragging, like, I don't lose. Then you're not playing big. You're not playing at all. You know, it's it, you have to lose. There's losses and wins. Strat, when you played sports, did you win every football game? No. <laughs> Where did you learn the most when you when you played? And your losses or your wins? My senior year, we went one and 11, and I learned how to not be a leader. And that's what I think has helped me in my business ventures is I know how to lead people the right way. Well, somewhat yeah. the right way, right? Yeah, but your losses, right? We always learn from our losses, how to yep. get better, how to get stronger, how to get quicker, how to put more work in on the front end. Because by the way, when you're when, when the loss shows up, especially in sports, it's not that moment. It's all the stuff prior to that moment that you could have done and you can't do it now. You got You can only do it the next game. So when you buy a house or, you know, a business or whatever, and you might take a little loss, these are great learning opportunities. And if you stop, you lose. Keep your feet moving. This is when, And just laugh because this is when most people quit. Just laugh and say, great chapter in a book. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it better. I'm going to learn from this one. I'm going to learn from this one. I'm going to learn from this one. Truth is, you know, when I'm winning, dude, I'm more complacent. You know, I'm very aware of it too. You know, I'm very aware. So, um, I'm trying to be very conscious of like, hey, guys, when we're winning, we got to win harder because that means we're going to get beat up a little bit. We're going to have some losses in the growth and here and there. Um, we might lose some people, too. Right. So, I mean, not everyone likes to grow like we do. But uh, Strat, I think just keep people moving, man. Keep following you. Get on. Get on, have them get with your call magicians. Get the phones blowing up so they can start making some more money and build that company. Oh, yeah. And quick shout out, guys. If you guys are looking for any outsourced staffing whatsoever, go to callmagicians.com. They'll take care of you. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Thanks, buddy. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Winning Move Podcast. I hope it helps you make all the right moves in your life and business. Please make sure to go like and subscribe on any podcast platform that you're listening to. And make sure to go follow me on Instagram at Strat Daddy. Thank you guys so much. I'll talk to you soon.